ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Welcome to Bright. Hello, welcome to Fright Central, where we talk all things horror. I'm Keck, and I'm here with Kevin Doc. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? What What else have you been watching? Uh, I did go back and I watched the first season of Penny Dreadful so far. Oh, shit. That's well, we should good. probably have a cast where we talk about the the whole the whole series yeah absolutely i just wanted to like you know mention it since we had just talked about it and it like, was a gem you missed right yeah and it was something i had missed and like i thought i had seen an episode and was just like oh this isn't for me but going back and watching it again when i watched the first episode i was like yeah this is totally up my alley like this is great yeah and i love how it like oh, i mean we'll get into it but i love how it doesn't like hold your hand you know and like yeah this is this person this is it's just like here are those characters you should already know their their scenes pretty much like like it introduced like an old ass van helsen you introduced mm-hmm. dr frankenstein and like dorian gray and it's like they sure they they give you hints of like dorian gray and stuff but like if you you should already know the character it, like so you already know kind of what his scene is and like i yeah. loved how it introduced dr frankenstein with him creating the monster and then like you find out that's not even his first creation and shit and like yeah how he got uh, to London and like, you know, and, and how it doesn't force everyone together. Yeah. They, they all kind of fit in. Please. And they even bring in like the bride of Frankenstein. Like yeah, that yeah. was just fucking great. I yeah, like, it, it was extremely fucking, fucking clever, man. Like yeah. it, the way they worked everything in, like when I had first heard of that, I was just like, how are they going to get all these classic monsters and jumble all these classics? So like, how are they all going to meet? I thought, so I thought it was going to be like black mirror and every episode was going to be kind of like a different story altogether. Yeah. But like, nah, man, like they brought it and, they developed the characters quickly like you know you felt the character like it was really good right yeah yeah so far it's really good yeah i'm definitely gonna be uh finishing that and then we will talk about that soon uh because you still have to watch that city of angels as well that the late the latest season which is a spinoff i guess um then i had also watched um i watched neon demon i don't know if you've seen this with uh i I did not the guy who did um valhalla rising and bronson Oh yeah, it's got a, uh, th- he was um was he Norwegian or was he Danish? I can't remember. I, I don't remember. It's it's Nicholas Winding Renf, but uh, yeah, I can't remember where uh, he was from. Uh, no, regard. I just I remember the guy from uh, the Hall of Rising. He was also in. Um, yeah, I think he was in the Danish version of the Killing. We t- we talked a little bit about that. I think he was in that too. I'm pretty sure he's Hannibal a Dane. So, what's that? I said he was Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't actually watch the show Hannibal, oh. but I knew. I knew he played Hannibal Lecter in that. You need but, to watch Hannibal. That should be on your list. Yeah. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, it was uh, with uh, Ellie Fanning and uh, Jenna Malone was uh, in it. Ooh, Mal- well, double Malone. Yeah, she uh, like she she defiles a corpse in it. Like it's. it's kinda... Yeah, she, 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 <laughs> yeah, she's a very she's a very cunning actress. But uh, yeah, it, it's about uh, Ellie Fanning. It comes to uh, L.A. and she wants to become like she starts modeling and it's kind of about the dark uh, side and the competitiveness of uh, of modeling and um jenna malone plays a makeup artist that befriends her and she's friends with like these other models and uh it kind of goes like on this um you know harvey weinstein type shit no not really but uh it's like her on her journey to like stardom while these other more established uh models are kind of on the downturn and then you know shit does they're at like the end of their careers and she's like a budding star yeah and uh yeah so yeah it kind of follows that path and it gets really dark uh towards the end (laughs) so uh and it's very beautiful too so it's in the very it's like if you like his other movies uh even like drive and uh only god forbid so like what do you mean when you say beautiful 
like the the cinematography and the the, uh, and the, the, the picture was just great yeah, yeah it's 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 yeah i mean it's like valhalla eyes and like like the way he like he knows how to shoot a movie like even if it even if the story or the pacing isn't necessarily all there because his his movies tend to be a little bit slower and more uh, a little more character driven or visual uh, driven but uh yeah i really enjoyed it i, I thought it, i thought it was pretty good and it was something well, I, on my list for a while i had watched i didn't mention this to you but um in the sci-fi realm and i know it's been a little while since this has been out um i watched it a few days ago and i do not want to spend more than about 60 seconds talking about it because I did not know it existed. Um, was the most recent Terminator movie? I think it's called oh. Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah, I think it's what it's called. And I gotta tell you, I watched it and I was just like, well, you know what? I remember thinking Terminator Three wasn't a very good movie, but it was like there was a lot of really well done action scenes. So I was kind of looking at that and I was like, well, you know, this is going to be entertaining. And I do like the term there. It was just goddamn fucking dreadfully awful. Like it only got worse. too. As it it only got worse. And the action wasn't even that cool. Like I was just like, what the fuck? And yeah. like Linda, oh my gosh, Linda fucking, was like the best part about that movie. <laughs> but there were just these constant, terrible, cliche jokes. Yeah, and doesn't Arnold Schwarzenegger at one point says, "I won't be back." Like, I was just like, oh, bro, you didn't need to be in that movie at all. They keep forcing him in these things, dude. <laughs> like he's like a a carpet designer or something or fucking something like that it's like they didn't they're not forcing him to be in this there's no way like someone's like trolling schwarzenegger like basically saying like you're under contract you have to come back and be in this they had to want to do it like you know what i'm saying like i don't think anybody is pulling his strings i think he's a man and he wanted to do that no they're still asking him for it it's like move on from that yeah i'm just saying they're not forcing him i don't feel bad for schwarzenegger like i don't think schwarzenegger is like a victim of his circle you know what i mean like (laughs) you know he's he's in in those movies because he wanted to be in them now i'm sure he wanted them to be good but like that hasn't been happening. He probably has like a Unless he's still in Whenever they make a Terminator movie, like he, they have to ask him or he, he has to like be in it or something like that. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I'm saying he read the script yeah. and after reading it, told his agent to tell them okay. <laughs> so that happened. I'm pretty sure that's sort of like the process, like, you know i'm not an actor like i don't have an agent but i'm pretty sure he read it and then he gave the guy the okay like so i don't feel bad for schwarzenegger like you know he wanted to do this and it was really bad but that's more time than i really want to spend that happens in that movie is they killed edward for a long beginning yeah (laughs) the the best thing that happened in that movie is that it ended but you know what even then it was bad because like they obviously left it open for there to be more terminator movies which i'm sure there will be i'm sure there's so it all depends. Like every single one of these last three have all been attempted reboots to start like a franchise. And like they like Salvation was supposed to restart something. And I that was rather that was absolutely awful in me to like I, I didn't even I didn't you could have easily made that movie and not called it the Terminator and like you it it, it would have been fine. Like you could have yeah. totally made that story in the yeah, I'd much rather I, all I remember were submarines. That's it. Yeah, I'd much rather watch a sequel to that where it takes place in the future than than to watch any of these other ones. I'll tell you that. And like the last, I only one, remember Genesis, submarines. That's it. Even worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was oh. Anyway, yeah, we'll just stop talking. I hope that's not what like the most recent Predator movie does. Like, I hope like you know, because you know how like Terminator One, Terminator Two, and like even Terminator Three was like extremely entertaining. Be that it wasn't a very good movie. Like, I really hope they don't start doing that like with the Predator because like you know the 
Predator hasn't really had like the greatest run recently either. Like I, I'm not a fan of Predators, and mm -hmm. I'm definitely not a fan of the Alien vs. Predator story. I hope like if like they can't have another like good idea that kind of takes it back to its root. I really hope they don't try to reboot based on the most recent Shane Black piece of shit. You know what I mean? Because yeah, if anything, like, make know, a direct sequel to one or two. You know, but yeah, or just stop. You yeah. know, say like you know we we don't have the idea. We're not. We aren't able to attract the talent. We're not able to attract like a good writer good directors that can do a competent job and you know we're just not able to attract like you know the talent that we would want from the actor pool to deliver a product and a story that like is you know worthy and yeah, I mean, you know so we just stop happen. i can accept that That'll like i can happen. accept that <laughs> you know that will happen yeah i'm just saying like yeah, yeah. i get i know i i i sound like a naive idiot <laughs> I I am. but like i'm just saying like you know, like Pet Cemetery, sometimes dead is better. Yeah. <laughs> like, and and that sometimes dead is better. You either, and they made a fucking remake of that. Yeah, they 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 have not taken their own advice. Yeah. They were not listening to that fucking dude from the first one. <laughs> so, so uh, is there anything anything else that you've seen like recently that's like worth mentioning yeah uh one cut of the dead uh it was in people's top tens for last year and it was uh i, I want to say it was a uh, i think it's a japanese uh um horror film um i could be wrong i'm not looking at it right now but um yeah it's basically a uh it's like the first 35 40 minutes i was like watching actually i mean way before that like maybe 15 minutes into this i was like all right i'm gonna force myself through this but like this is really fucking bad like but i heard it was good so like i'm and like and it was people's top 10 list i was like so i have to know why people think this is so good but it's basically like this low budget um film where the the uh director's filming a uh zombie movie and then real zombies attack and like and he just keeps shooting because he wants to get a movie no matter what and it's like only like two or three people and like the like it's real low budget real cheesy and like but it, it it's all one cut the movie way. that he's making within the movie yes the, the actual movie okay I was... both i'll tell you why in a second okay. so um so and and that's all to, it's all one cut the whole the whole thing the whole thir first 35 40 minutes and then it switches to um the movie itself which is a tv station has hired this guy to make a one cut zombie feature that that that's go that's going to go live on their tele television station to promote this new channel that they have so he has to go out and like get the get the directors and, and then like they and then it shows them like plotting out like how they're going to do the whole thing and so like the whole second part of of the uh, movie is like a kind of behind the scenes look at how they did this movie and the movie you watched w was was the first part of it was was the end result of that and so it kind of shows you what like how no matter how much you like plan to shoot something like there's always going to be something that happens along the way especially if it's live and it's like them adjusting to that so like there's part there's like awkward pauses and then when they show like the awkward pause later on you see why there was a pause and like why why it went this way and then like they somebody like drops the camera and like somebody has to come and let and pick it up and, and oh, that's that sounds kind really, of interesting really an in interesting way to do it but like like i said you're going to be watching the first like 35 40 minutes going like why do people like this this is such like a low budget like homemade movie and then you find out why it looks like that later on and it makes and it makes a lot of sense and it actually yeah i mean the way you describe yeah. it it sounds like kind of like ambitious filmmaking really yeah yeah it's and worth, it's worth a look it, and you 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 thought it worked for oh, the most yeah, part. absolutely yeah it, it made it, it made it much more entertaining i was like man I, I like i'm glad i i forced myself through this because like if i had just caught this when it came out 
and watched it, I probably would have turned it off like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> You're going, man. And then, I, then when I started hearing people say it was so good, I'd be like, how? I, st- I had to turn it off. And they were like, no, 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 you got to watch it all the way through. It's like, yeah, you really got to watch it. Like 35, 40 minute mark is when it goes to like how, like the behind, like the behind the scenes of how that whole first half came to be. And it made it much more uh, fascinating and interesting. Yeah, shit. That's cool. That's one to check it. And what's the name of that again? Just oh, so it's on my mind, you could say it for the cast. One Cut of the Dead? One Cut of the Dead. Yeah, like, and it's on Shutter. So. Yeah, because, I mean, I would never... You, I, I've made it very well known how I feel about, like, the zombie genre right now yeah. um, in terms of being played out. So, I mean, I would, I would never even think to check out something like that, but that does sound interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I'm all, I'm all for people like trying new approaches. Like, you know, I mean, hell, like, even if like, I like ambitious filmmaking, like I like people to try new things, even if it doesn't work and it's a failure, like for me, that's still something like you tried, you went for something, you failed, that's still fucking something cool like yeah. you know what so like i'm all for that but um you know uh that that sounds yeah, I think, that I sounds think interesting really interesting yeah. i'd like more people to take like bigger risks like that you know what i mean um another one i watched and i recommend to, uh, this to you so but i don't know if you got around to it was vfw yeah, no, I, I, I pretty much have, I pretty much mentioned like in this cast, like what I've watched television wise is the two hauntings, Terminator and Antebellum. Like that, that, that's pretty much been it. But go ahead. What was this? You got to put VFW uh, on top of your list. Cause this definitely reminded me of those films that like me, you and Miner would like sit in your basement and watch like, like the old school, like eight, late 80s early 90s like return of living dead assault all precinct 13 like style and it, uh, i do like me some assault and precinct 13 it, yeah it's got a lot of great like you know head smashing scenes and stuff like that but uh it's basically about this like just so you know it's got some good head smashing scenes so like i know that's up your alley yeah this is good right up your alley but uh yeah good practical effects and uh and it's basically these old veterans are uh, hanging out at their local VFW uh, bar, and uh, and it's kind of a little, kind of futuristic in a way that it takes place a little bit from now, where like the, like this new drug is kind of taken over. So like, the, si- the city's pretty much like you know wasteland. Cops don't even bother coming out. Everyone's on this new drug, and it's like these old guys hanging out at their uh, bar. And it's what the uh, the one guy's birthday. And uh, then suddenly this girl comes into the bar that's being chased by all these drug addicts and they have to like, you know, barricade all the doors and like stop the, the, all these drug addicts coming in um, into their bar to try to get this girl who had like stole some uh, drugs from them and stuff like that. Oh, the way you, you say it, like it sounds like an army of drug addicts. It, it is. Like when you... They're almost like zombies the way they're coming yeah. in the dark and not- yeah that's 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 what I, that's what I was thinking when you were describing it yeah. I was like drug addicts or drug dealers but you're saying these were drug addicts yeah, like, like drugs of drug addicts it's like one dealer that's like hey uh go go if you guys go and get my fucking drugs I'll hook, I'll you, hook up. you up with my shit yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm very familiar with how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, you want to hear this uh, cast list? It's a fantastic cast, right? It's got Stephen Lang, it's got Fred Williamson, it's got William Sadler, and it's got Martin Crowe. Oh, so this has like real actors in it. This yeah. wasn't something that this wasn't. Now, was this something that came out in theaters that I missed, or but uh, or is it like Netflix or like one of the uh, streaming? The uh, VOD, straight on on demand. Oh, straight straight on demand. Yeah, I think I want to say that um, Shutter picked it up to be released next year, um, but I'm not completely positive on that but i uh yeah i caught it on uh on demand it's only like it's like three bucks yeah well i made a note of it so i'll definitely yeah. check it out definitely one worth uh watching i think you'll love it i got to mention that the minor too because i think he'll love it as well yeah uh, well 
Um, what, um, I mean, I don't know if there's any, well, I know, I know you could go on all fucking night about, like, stuff you've watched recently. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're fucking, like, you're fun. like, you're <laughs> like Michael, um, I have Michael Madsen in my mind for some reason. Oh, because we're talking about Lumberjack, man. That's a movie you need to check out. That is fucking funny ass horror movie. Fucking Michael Madsen going around in that movie. And I just happen to be friends with, uh, oh, I like to say I'm friends with the cast. But um, a girl that lives here now, uh, she was in that movie. She has an IMDb page and that is her only acting credit. It's the only thing she'll ever do. She just happened to be in Austin when they were making the movie and they had told her Michael Madsen came in and she had like this one like very short like 30 second scene. It was a meaningful scene, but it was only 30 second scene. But it's about like this crazed lumberjack, like a demonic lumberjack. Um, and like he's an angry demon because like some dude like killed him for his breakfast syrup recipe or something like that and drowned him in syrup and like so like when he comes back he starts like killing people with pancakes and syrup making these big ass pancakes and he's a lumberjack so he has a you know a two-headed axe and michael madsen's like this detective and he's on to this guy he knows the story and like when people like talk to him about pancakes or breakfast or something he has these pauses where he just like you know has his like schwarzenegger i'll be back moment and he like stops pauses gives him a face and he's like you don't know what breakfast is and then he like walks away like all mysterious and shit he did the same somebody mentioned meatloaf and he just talks pause you don't know what meatloaf is walks away all mysterious i'm telling you terrible movie but really should get some attention it's called <laughs> lumberjack man it came out in 2015. I'm not sure how you'd find it, but I'm sure it's got to be on some streaming service. Definitely worth checking out for a good laugh. It's bad, but it's funny bad. Just want That's the only other thing that I've seen recently. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to like at least watch the trailer. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do like some Madsen, but he is... I, I, I hear there... I hear... Well, before the pandemic, I had heard... I don't know if it got already made, but I know that um, they were talking about making Lumberjack Man Part 2. So enough people saw this that they actually considered the sequel. So, I mean, there's something. Like, there, it had to have something going on for it to get a sequel. So um, I don't know if it was made i don't know if like it's something that got delayed i mean i'm sure it'd be very low budget but anyway yeah, don't know. they sold it for to some streaming service and it happened and it just never got made and yeah no, i'm saying maybe they had uh sold the rights to the first one for more than uh, them they shot the first one for and they were like hey we got some money left over we can go shoot a second one <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean because the girl i know it was in she had told me that it was like sort of like it just came to her town one like she just the way she like described it like well she was only there for one day when they shot but like the way she describes it like she's kind of ditzy and like really out there so like it's kind of hard to tell with her but she's like yeah it was kind of like we just all got together and they're like let's make a movie y'all <laughs> and so we made it and that was it like i don't know it's just hearing her describe it's just really fucking funny but anyway lumberjack man yeah what what were you talking about no, that's uh, I'm I'd end up talking about VFW. Oh, you were done, uh, about that anyway, but yeah, I, I have watched a shit ton. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, if you want to do like an episode on uh, anthologies or something, uh, I can hold off on the other on two of them because I watched Monsterland, which just came out, and I watched uh, Books of Blood. Monsterland was like a 10 episode series. Um, and it was based on the North American Lake Monsters uh, story. And it tells uh, eight different stories about people dealing with loss, regret, guilt, and loneliness. But with all, there's only like a little bit of monsters thrown in. So it's not really, I wouldn't really call it a horror series. I mean, there are some monsters in there, but it's like... So, like so it's like some Haunting of Hell House type it's stuff where like they're using... Their shit. Their, what's that? 
I said it's yeah, mostly about people dealing with like with their shit and like the monsters are sort of like a metaphorical term for like what they're going through. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it it was it was all right. But uh Books of Blood I thought was really cool because it was it was a movie and it was three stories, but I really loved how everything was intertwined and how it all came together again. And now they're not directly based on anything Clive Barker wrote, but uh, I believe he was involved in helping out, at least uh, consulting, if not uh, helping writing on it himself. But uh, he's talked about like he hopes it does well enough that it becomes a series and they do actually start adapting uh, um, that that um, format of his uh, Books of Blood series, which were a bunch of like short stories and stuff, because they are doing a, uh, a Nightbreed series. Um, from what I understand, I believe Amazon picked that up. So, and I think they, I think he said one of his other works got picked up as well for a, a series. So, uh, hopefully, we'll start seeing more Clive Barker stuff. Yeah, I, I had, I, I guess very ignorantly, I had thought Clive Barker kind of retired. Uh, he did for a minute. He had some like personal stuff. Yeah, I, I had, I had heard that on. there he had some issues and. He had kind of, you know, hung it up. Um, no, he's he he came back and he wrote another book, and then I think he has another um, um, art book that he, uh, you know, uh, another book uh, collection of his art as well coming out. Uh, I think he said that he finished a, I can't remember which book it was now, but then another then another um, book of poems that he's written that, that he's got coming out as well. So he's got a couple things coming out, but yeah, he did take a break for a minute and kind of went off grid but he's he's back and would you say he's back with a bang uh maybe i don't know i haven't seen any of his new stuff so i couldn't tell you uh, no, i'm just saying like you well, said he, well, he's coming out with like original artwork and oh, stuff yeah. like that well, like I, haven't seen any of it I was just saying in your, your opinion would you describe him as back with a bang yeah if you're gonna come out with if you drop three new yeah. items or at least two new items and announce one on the way plus having your series being picked up and stuff yeah i'm oh, sorry about that i got a text message and i didn't turn my uh phone off <laughs> i mean you could have just not mentioned it and act normal but you know <laughs> you you felt oh, you had yeah, to, you gotta address you the have your inner problem. demons you want to get away yeah you got everybody uh, checking their phone like what <laughs> yeah well that that rem they were talking i saw a brief interview with uh mike flanagan when he was talking about like he said something about like in they were talking about like his early like childhood um influences and stuff like that and he had talked about like his first like big novel that he ever read was it and like for he had said something i don't want to like i know i would end up misquoting him or something like that but um the way the um the interviewer said he was like wait so you thought that like reading it was going to like kind of give he had described like eating it he he reading it he thought it was like um going to be like uh a relief from like the other stuff that he had been reading like he thought it was <laughs> gonna be on like a lighter note or something yeah, like that yeah. at least i think that's what he's and, and like you know the interviewer like starts laughing they talk a little bit about it but he had mentioned he said you know the reason i talk about this is because you know a lot of like you know what i've been making uh deals with like uh child childhood trauma and how that descends into like their adult lives and adult lives and he's like you know uh what better example can you have of that than you know stephen king's work and uh you know when you think about it, that's actually like very very true and makes a lot of sense yeah he does a great job adapting uh king stuff uh yeah. as well. so i'd like to see him do more of that stuff but uh clive barker i'm not but like there hasn't been some us like a standout person to to adapt his stuff yet, so like I, I don't mind seeing other people do it. I'm really interested in seeing what uh, Amazon does with the the. TV. What about a re remake of what was the movie that Cli I believe it was Clive Barker with uh, Bill Pullman, the one where he goes down to Haiti and he gets buried, and on the cover it's like, "Don't bury me, I'm not dead." It was like like hail the serpent like something oh, like serpent in the rainbow serpent in the rainbow that's yeah, it that's a fantastic movie I, I would love because like I I'm, I believe that's Clive Barker and like it 
I remember that movie doing like a great job of like incorporating decent special effects for the time along with like just practical filmmaking. I remember, I'm pretty sure it was Clive Barker. Maybe. It was, it was Wes Craven. What's that? Oh, it was Wes Craven? Yeah. And ah, it was well. by a book by Wade Davis. So yeah, it wasn't Clive Barker. Well, then my whole argument absolutely goes out the window. Yeah. But hey, it, it is still great fucking movie <laughs> like i mean that that was that was pure horror i for some reason thought it was clive barker but oh well, well, but we'll, have I, do, we'll have to do either it. way that that should be remade yeah uh or or left alone and, and never or never yeah one <laughs> or the other <laughs> or left alone and never touched again i don't know in fact but, now that you've you've mentioned it and uh Whoever's whoever made the show, whoever's making Dexter, just just heard this, and now they're yeah. yeah. Hey, comes here for all his fucking ideas. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, like, I could see myself like you know, like five years from now, like with a gun in my mouth, like remembering this podcast, like of how like <laughs> some asshole was like listening to our cast, getting all these ideas, and like every remake he made was like much worse than the one before it and even worse than that like they saw it as a platform to like rebuild all those franchises so like everything started going to shit looking like a yui bowl you know he did like <laughs> yeah yeah like he's listening to the podcast and he's just stealing all the ideas and he's gonna like he's like he's got the money so he can pay for that uh that remake and then he makes like the shitty fucking remakes <laughs> terrible <laughs> So like yeah. they all have like great casts, and then like it's just the worst thing you've ever seen because he can't write or fucking direct. So I'm like talking about horror movies, and like lo and behold, I'm in one yeah. right now, <laughs> making yeah. things worse with every breath that I draw. <laughs> with all these good ideas you're giving everyone. What um, what are you planning on? I don't know if you still had like a lot of material you wanted to talk about. Um. Uh, no, that was pretty much uh, it. I mean, I'm I'm watching Hellstrom right now. Um, what was the other thing I finished uh, recently? No, I watched two of the Welcome to Bloomhouse Bloom movies that are on Amazon. There's like a four-part series. They're all like an hour and a half. Uh, uh, the Lie and Black Box were the first two that I watched. They were interesting. Um, because I got a few things on my horizon that I plan on starting in the very, very near. Well, one I plan to start watching tomorrow. And uh, then there's a couple other ones that uh, I don't think I'm going to watch them all at the same time. I'm going to start one, complete it, and then start another one. I don't like to have like a bunch of shows going at the same time where like I'll watch episode one of this show, episode one of another, episode one of another, and then restart episode two then episode two you know i mean i I like to watch it only focus on one thing but uh lovecraft i'm not sure which i'm gonna start first and i don't know if this is something we would talk about on this program um because i'm not sure if it's horror i think it's sci-fi but i've been hearing a lot of great things about this show raised by wolves Oh yeah, and I've heard a lot about that too. I'm not sure if I'm going to start that or I'll probably start Lovecraft first because I know you really want to talk about it. So mm-hmm. this would give us the opportunity to, you know, discuss that like um in, in the near future. Um but it's raised by wolves I've heard nothing but good things about. And I think it's like kind of sci-fi. Yeah. So probably. it might be it something got, but it's so it's like alien you know horror sci-fi so it could be i don't know see that's the thing like i've heard good things about it but i've managed to stay away from like the gossip and the opinions and stuff like that and in doing so i have no idea really what it's about i have like the impression that it's like sci-fi yeah so you haven't seen the trailer or anything I have not, no. So, uh, so fresh, dude. Go in as fresh as you can. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, and so like that's why I was thinking like maybe raised by wolves first, so I can like avoid hearing like anything about it because that just recently ended as well. Their first season and yeah. Lovecraft, I think, ended this yeah. past week or the week before. No, it was all, this all last weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I just started reading the book, and I'm about halfway through. And I gotta tell you, so far, the 
first two episodes. I mean, we'll get into it once you watch it, but I think the I've, uh, the first two episodes take place over like the first chapter. And I think the way they kind of condensed and changed some things works better in the show than it does in the book. And, uh, and the next episode is a little di- bit different, um, but the still overall kind of the same. And then, so like, I can't, I don't even want to talk about it till we, till we get into it, till you've seen it. So otherwise, I'll yeah. Just- boiling shit and i don't want to do that but so far i mean from what i've read to where i'm at in the book and it, it, there is uh some differences in it um i i really like i think the show is actually better and that's uh yeah. that's kind of rare so, yeah no that 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 is that that is i mean obviously like before you make a judgment on that you have to finish it oh yeah absolutely i mean so because you know it, it, writing can sometimes take like a more subtle turn and then you're like oh all right like at least that's how i am often um but, but uh, it's a it's a really good adaptation like it's like first season first season of like game of thrones like oh like, really like adaptation you know what i mean like that yeah. was such a good adaptation of the book that when you read the book you can kind of breeze through it I, yeah i just finished the first game of thrones book and i blew through it at record time and like i remember getting it and i'm like oh this book's actually pretty thick and mm-hmm. like in a few days i was just like all right next book like yeah. and but you I, I can tell you reading the second book right now i'm towards the end of the second book and season two of game of thrones was not nearly as good of an adaptation as season one was based on the book i'm saying like season one of game of thrones and like the first book that he wrote like you read him and you're like damn like obviously there's a lot of stuff that had to be left out of the show for obvious reasons but like a lot of it is just word for fucking word and it really made me appreciate the work they did i'm not saying that like season two is like a terrible adaptation but like compared to season one it's like very on par and uh you know i always love seeing like you know because like you just said it's very rare that like you know uh what you read on paper then shows up in the picture yeah so you know i mean when you're reading like the book you can kind of breeze through because you already have the picture in your mind of what's happening yeah you're kind of almost reading ahead in a way yeah you know what's happening exactly you're waiting to get to a certain part like you know something climactic yeah yeah and and with the book i'm like oh okay i see where this is going i'm like oh okay i see what they did different there i'm like okay i like that change look okay this change doesn't really matter oh this change is really good it really works for the show like so do you think it's better to watch the show first and then read the book because everybody i know that like reads the books first or and you know then watch it they're always like oh well you know it's not nearly as good as the book the book the book the book and like i'm always thinking like well you realize like you know to even make like a decent product like a lot of like work like in like the screenplay and the rewriting and the casting getting people that can actually say the lines that were in the book and say them what meaning were like yeah there's just so much that goes into making a show like you know i mean not to minimize like what the author of the book writes but like it's just like there's so many components that you have to get right to make like an effective adaptation that like i just tell people i'm like you know i thought like someone had told me like jamie had told me that fear and loathing in las vegas was like an awful movie when we were younger he was like you know it was nothing nearly as good as the book and like for i had told other people that (laughs) i had told and one night we were playing cards over at lauren mcclellan's house and fear and loathing we had left the tv on blaring and fear and loathing was on and it was that part where benicio del Toro is like, you know, uh, screaming, trying to scare away uh, Lucy, who was played by uh, Ricci. Um, 
the Ricci girl. And like, he was just screaming. And I remember like everybody got up from the card table and they're like, yo, let's go watch this. And we did. And I remember watching him being like, I have no idea what the fuck he was talking about. Like, this is great. But um, I remember reading that book in record time afterwards. So for yeah. me, yeah. I kind of like seeing the show first or the movie first and then reading the book because like, I think the book's an easier read. And I think I can give like, a f more fair comparison yeah yeah because you can be like okay i see why they left that out i see why they changed this yeah but other people have told me that that's absolutely moronic and that i should always read the literature first see, in you... my experience i sort of like him more if i see yeah i i do too i think because when i read the book i'll have an idea of what it's supposed to look like in my head so then when yes. I get to watch a show or a movie it and it doesn't match that and then I, then people get upset and i get that but when you watch the show and then you read the book you get a you can get a better comparison of like you can see what they did for the show and how they how they turned it into it and sure sometimes the book is you're gonna be like wow that was a really shitty movie let me read the book and then you go oh wow this book this book is amazing that was yeah. a terrible outfit. or you can even think the movie was good and then go read the book and be like holy shit the movie left so much good shit out like i can't believe they didn't do this, or this. they didn't pick up on this yeah well people have told me that like sometimes watching the show or watching the movie first can spoil the literature and the novel or you know whether it's a book of fiction or not but um whatchamacallit like i i don't feel that way because like for me like like i said i'm reading the game of thrones books right now and like it starts off where yeah obviously when they're talking about the starks i'm seeing the actors and actresses faces yeah. in yeah. my mind but like as i start the second book like i'm more and more drifting into my own mind of what i'll think they look like for example like varus the eunuch in the book he's like kind of like really repulsive looking he's like missing teeth and he's like really gross and people don't like being around him and i'm not saying like the actor in the show is beautiful but like he seems like sort of elegant and like you know well postured like people mistake him often for a lord and stuff like that yeah. and in the book he's kind of like like this gross little like weasel creeping around you know what i mean and it's just like he's not as like slick in the he's not as slick in the book as he is in the show so like i've already started to find myself like and like certain characters will have a scar or something that happened that shaped their personality a little bit different. Like Theon Greyjoy is very different in the books than he is in the show. So like my mind starts to develop yeah. my own, you know, so that, I guess I disagree that like you're going to be poisoned when you watch the show before reading the book. Yeah. I think, I mean, for me, it's already like, I already have a hard time sitting down and reading something. So like, when I've seen something, uh, whether it's a show or a movie, and I really like it, I'm like, oh, let, let, let me, I want to know more about this world. So let me go read the, uh, let me go read yeah. the, because I know there's going to be more to it than, than what was shown in the, uh, the movie or show a lot of times. And then sometimes there'll be sequels to the books. It'll get me start reading those that I might not never see. Uh, I might never see it uh, be adapted for a TV or movie. So, I, I like I like to do it that way because I I think I'm like even if the movie's like mediocre I'm like hey that was I heard that was a good book this I didn't really like the movie but it had an I like the premise or whatever I like the story that just that I just didn't feel like they pulled it off but maybe like people have said the book is good let me go read that and and get a yeah what could have been done better like i i do i like to do things that way that's how i pick my uh what i'm gonna read and stuff and it's just like part of like today right i mean people just don't read as much anymore and you know you know these young tv babies that we have here like you know they just they want it they want to see it on television or you know they people don't want to pick up anything and read it anymore and at least like things like like for example i never would have found out about the girl with the dragon tattoo books if it wasn't for the success of you know this swedish trilogy yeah. and uh, apparently the writer like never got much credit for those books either he like died before like they became popular um but like 
at least like this gives like it gives like um for those people that like you know aren't really into reading like it gives them like it, it gives the novels a platform to stand on which yeah. can then attract new fans to these works yeah. like you know i feel like i really want to start uh reading um now that they're all properly translated is the witcher books um like you know and i if it wasn't for the games and the show like i never really would have known about that author i never would have like started to fall in love with the character of Geralt and stuff like that so i don't know it, it's just kind of like the like people like making good adaptations like you know gives a voice where you know otherwise people have just walked right over that and never picked it up to read it at all you know um yeah i think that's that's absolutely true it's it's with the witcher like if it wasn't for the show i mean i knew about the game and i'd seen people play it but if it wasn't for the show i wouldn't have known that the games were based on books yeah yeah (laughs) i've been like footsing around too like well i guess we'll talk more about that when we do the video game episode but like i actually like picked up um a thing, a quest guide for The Witcher 3 today, and I almost went onto my Xbox and hit start. Like, I, because I just wanted to get, like, my bearings, because it's one of those games where the choices that you made in the previous games carries over into this game. So certain things might be different based on your actions, and, like, I was just reading about, like, how that was going to relate. Like, should I alter my save? Did I jip myself out of? Like, you know, I was pretty evil in the last game. Like, are those evil choices gonna fuck? And, like, I was just, I was just reading about it, and plus, like, there's, like, a thousand different quests in it and shit like that. I wanted to work, but I did not click start yet. Yeah, I'm not quite uh, ready to get into that yet. You know, the yeah. last RPG that I played, start to finish. Knights of the Old Republic. One, not I even yeah. never even finished two. <laughs> yeah, but Knights of the Old Republic one, yeah. And I'm lo- really looking forward to the the Cyberpunk 2077 because uh, it's more of a first, yeah, with with a third person aspect, but it's still also an RPG and it looks looks amazing. So I'm lo- really looking forward to that. Like I'll yeah, no, I, I like this kind of like it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Fallout game. Like, in, I want to play New Vegas because I heard that's the best one. No, well, I'll tell you this: New Vegas was one of the most buggy games I've ever played in my entire life. Like, there are certain; it was so buggy that you had to. There were certain like troubleshooting tips that you had to go through. Otherwise, you would possibly have to restart your entire game because there were certain bugs that were like game breaking i have not played fallout 4 yet i know fallout 76 is apparently like absolutely i i read this thing that said uh, i heard it was very bad not gonna get more into it but um fallout 4 i heard is like in terms of like the next generation consoles because you know fallout vegas was still ps3 and xbox 360 i heard like you know if you want the best experience like in terms of like the next generation consoles with well we're about to go into another generation but for what we have now i heard fallout 4 looked really good um much better than 76 and i i played all new vegas and yeah i had to go through all kinds of hurdles in order to um just keep my game flowing correctly because there i kept hitting these game breaking bugs that they didn't patch and like you had to do all this crazy crap in order to like on corrupt your save so yeah i i would i'm just disagreeing if you're going to play a new fallout game rather than going back to like you know the 360 version or whatever um or i don't know if they remastered it for the xbox one i i would recommend uh checking out fallout 4 before you know but i mean yeah i mean between those two games like you know that's like that's years of my life like the witcher will probably take me like a year before i'm like fully comfortable with like putting it down so you know i mean fallout is at least another year so like my buddy always says like you need to start playing these otherwise you'll most likely be dead before you play them and you know it's kind of true 
a huge possibility, especially nowadays. Yeah, RPGs are fucking epic now, yeah. bro. Like, it is a major commitment to start one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, got a little off track there at the end. Even in a pandemic, I just don't have time. I mean, I guess I could watch less TV, but, like, it's just yeah. much more comfortable to come well, home. Fallout would add to the pandemic feeling because, <laughs> like, you know, that that's a game that's, like, rampant with, like, pollution and disease. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, you might actually feel, like, more at home seeing everyone outside, like, wearing masks and rocking like biohazard suits and shit like that like fallout might be like you know a good point for you to break in to like, like you know the social video gaming scene of today yeah exactly uh but yeah that's all i got um i'm i'm sure i got i'll watch another like 20 things by the next <laughs> well, you know, you do whatever you can. You know, you mentioned the pandemic and we not, try not to talk much about it. But like, you know, if it's a coping mechanism and it works for you, then like I would recommend to anybody, whether it's video games, whether it's watching horror, watching any fucking thing, reading books, whatever you can do. Like, you know, aside from like, you know, um, abusing substances or alcohol or whatever, that's a much healthier way to like wade through the pandemic because like everybody I talk to is like getting like insanely fucked up and they're blaming on the pandemic. And I'm like, there are other ways to like deal with your demons than like taking the drugs and alcohol. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, uh, so. I, w I wasn't doing this because of the pandemic. I was doing it because it was October. <laughs> I was binge watching stuff just because it was October. So, yeah. fair enough. I'm trying to, I was just trying to do one horror, whether it's a TV show or a movie, uh, a day uh, for the whole month. And so far, it just, you really seem like you power through shit. Like, I can't keep up with you at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'll be like, yo, Doc, I just watched this. And you're like, yeah, I watched it. Six yeah, months. I saw that like months ago. Like I'm like nine things ahead of you, and I have like another twelve things I'm planning to start within the next seventy-two hours. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'll probably by the time next time we cast, I'll definitely have finished Hellstrom, and I'll probably have watched Raised by Wolves, and hopefully I'll finish that book, and we can talk about Lovecraft Country. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Do a Lovecraft episode, not just on the on the uh, on the show. But like other. yeah no yeah i would like that and maybe like talk about like other films um that had like uh lovecraftian um yeah, like you know, lovecraftian inspired creatures like mouth of madness stuff like that you know what i mean that would, that would that could be very interesting yeah. so yeah that well yeah that so that's uh that's something to look forward to in the uh not too distant future yes definitely um and then uh yeah that's it uh thanks for listening yeah. Uh, I've been yeah Kevin sorry Doc. about the sidebar at the end there but yeah that's all right I've been uh, Kevin Doc and uh, and Brandon Keck with me as always and, always uh, take care listen. buddy I'll talk to you soon all right peace <laughs>